Welcome back to Sector One, the first stop you should make for your motorsport fix. Today, we are digesting the British Grand Prix and everyone is talking about it and everyone is saying the same thing. It was the best race of the season so far. Do you guys all agree with that? I do agree. Definitely. It was, it was entertaining yeah. from start to end. Obviously, it started with quite a shock to the system, almost kind of terrifying to be honest with you um but yeah. it obviously ended in a really nice and positive way with lots of happy faces leaving the track and that includes fans drivers and team personnel Carlos Sainz got his first win let's start with that guys what a drive from Carlos I think he's criminally underrated and it's not one of those wins which is like you know Esteban Ocon and Pierre Gasly their wins were kind of luck like okay, things in the race happened, which meant they were very lucky to get that win in that circumstance. Yeah. But Carlos Sainz earned that win. He really deserved it and he, he has, worked for it. He had a slight bit of luck, the slightest bit, mm-hmm. because personally, I do think that without damage, Red Bull would have won the race. I, I understand what you mean, luck in that but, sense, but it was kind of like... It wasn't like there was five people crashed out in front of him and then he won. Yeah, that's It wasn't I mean. one of them. It was like there was a bit of luck from that side, but... He did deserve the way in the other way. Does that make sense? I, I completely agree with you. Did you, you understand what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And he obviously won from pole position as well. And I yeah. think that's exactly how you want to win your first race. Absolute dominate the whole weekend. 100%. That's what you want. And I think Carlos Sainz, it was it was just a waiting, ticking time bomb till the time he got his first one. We're all, we've all been waiting for it and it's finally come. And now I feel like with that first one under the belt, it paves the way and it makes it more easily to get that second one and the third one and the fourth one I feel was, like that's just that little bit easier now yeah. that he's ticked first one off the list does that make sense yeah it was actually insane to see like just to, to, to grab him it oh. just he, he just looks so happy and his interview seems so happy you actually couldn't hear a thing because everyone was just screaming because I just honestly I just wanted it was amazing Harvey, Carl- was Harvey Carlos signs first win how are we feeling I've been waiting for this white moment for for like even like last season, I was waiting for it, waiting for it, waiting for it. I said he would be a Grand Prix winner. Um, was it last season or even this season? I said he won a Grand Prix this season. Um, so he's deserved it for you know for all he's gone through, and obviously um, he's had not the easiest path to go through. I mean, seven years yeah. in Formula One, he's finally reached the top. You know, that's kind of the definition of hard work. Um, where credit's due because he doesn't come in with um an amazing junior formula by amazing i mean you know kind of outstanding top of the top junior formula doesn't come through with um incredible backing you know he comes through as a rally driver's son um and he you know he's not promoted to any of these big teams but you know he takes two years um is it three years even at toro rosso uh season with renault to mclaren and he just keeps on going up and up and this is just the next step and I know that he can push himself forward. You know, he's 27, which means he's still, I think he's still got time to even put a world championship in him. And I don't know whether this is too premature. I hope he does. I don't know whether this is just premature because he's just won his first race, but maybe um, he maybe he might just steal the championship. Maybe this is just the start of Carlos Sainz's dominance this season. I do want to say, I did actually say at the beginning of this year, Carlos was world champion. And then as the season started to go, I felt like a right absolute crap. Because he I, just wasn't doing very well. And now I'm like, well, maybe I'll bring that prediction back. I think he's such a talent and I think it's so well-deserved. I'm going to keep banging on about how deserving he was. But that made him win. 
and it being in front of such an incredible crowd. I know maybe in a dream world, it would have been at the Spanish Grand Prix or even, you know, an Italian Grand Prix. But British fans are incredible. And the energy there, me and Harvey weren't there. Lily was there. But even through the TV, you could see just how hyped everyone was to be there and how happy everyone was. It's it's one of the tracks where you can actually hear the fans, you know. This is one of the ones where the noise is probably even louder than the engines or something. Yeah. I think the British fans there, not me personally, wanted anyone but the Staffen to win. That is what I've talked. That is what I've learned from this weekend. Any one of them drivers could have won, apart from the Staffen. But mm. I feel like Carlos got an extra special reception. Is that the word reception? Yeah. Extra special reception due to the fact, you know, first win. I, but I feel like sell out, well, sell out record crowd. Well, I, I feel like as well, you know, Carlos is like who can't. Who can't love him? He's just but such he's, a nice person. He is one of the most likable characters in Formula One, even probably the most likable. I think. Oh, you know, well, you know, you can you can list a few. He he comes at the top of some list. He doesn't. Hundred percent is is insane. He he is you know above all being an amazing driver. He's just a lovely bloke, and I think you know everyone wants to see him stand at the top because he's worked so hard for that and you know there may have been times in his career where he's thought you know maybe this isn't working out how I wanted it to but the move to Ferrari it was the right decision he's there now and you know he can he can go on like this I reckon. If I had yeah. to change one thing about Carlos Sainz's first win it would have been that Carlos Sainz Sr. was there because he wasn't there. And obviously we saw Papa Perez and um, Hamilton's dad oh, no, there. That was, that was the cutest thing ever. And I just wish instead of Tom Cruise standing there, it was Carlos Sainz <laughs> Sr. That, yeah, like, like, Tom... In a dream world, that's what I would have loved to have but seen. It was so insane. A very, very good race for Carlos Sainz. But moving on swiftly, we have to talk about what happened at the very beginning of the race. And this was a huge crash for both Guan Yu Zhou and Alex Albon. Both drivers obviously okay. I think Alex Albon actually ended up coming out worse from this crash, having been sent to the hospital. And he stayed yeah. in there a lot longer than Guan Yu Zhou. Zhou Guan Yu stayed in yeah. the medical center. I still keep getting Guan Yu Joe and Joe Guan Yu round the wrong way because of F2. No, same here. F2 messed F2, my head up. F2 always calling him Guan Yu Joe. And then when you move to F1, you made a decision for Joe. And now I'm like, I feel like I really have to make sure I'm saying it right all the time. But yeah, obviously, both drivers are okay. I've never seen a car slide that far upside down before it was really horrific honestly it was not nice to watch at all and all of the videos which are surfaced now of people in that grandstand where he came across it's absolutely terrifying what did you guys make of that incident were you on were you I don't know what to say nervous I didn't I like personally I didn't properly see it when it first happened because obviously the big screens don't really it's not it's not very clear to see what's going on all we could see was like a puff of smoke and then like massive lots of gasps mm-hmm. and then as so as they got around to where I was sat I was like then hanging straight right red flag instant that it was just red flags and we were really confused like looking around like what's going on because towards we just saw some smoke yeah it's been like the gravel like the gravel like not smoke I the know but, like, dust. The dust. yeah we just saw that so we thought that's weird like someone just got into the gravel red flag in it mm-hmm. and then obviously people started going on twitter and people started seeing it and then it was like silent not yeah. a word was said and it was awful horrific like I genuinely thought it obviously no. took a long time to recover him longer than 
they would have normally liked because of the way the card positioned it's itself. Where the it was car was. And between the barriers, it was, it really flown. So, yeah. How, when we first saw it, we just thought it was just going straight into the barriers. And then when you saw it, when they started on the replays, and you, crazy wasn't it it was a really yeah. horrific crash and i can't believe that he came out unscathed that. when he when he posted that selfie I, I was zooming in trying to look for any like bruising any cuts i was like is he really that okay like it's crazy that he walked away from that he really had the racing gods on his side that day and thank god for the halo i think we, we keep on that saying it, that the halo you know time and time again it proves why it's there and proves that it proves it's worth really and it's so crazy to think that some people were so against that. Some people in the F1 paddock were so mm. against that once upon a time. And now, how many lives has it saved? Well, it this saved weekend alone, it's two. Two, three this weekend. This, I think Alex like Albon weekend, was in a bad position, had he not had Alex Albon, yeah. And then obviously had the F2 and then him. Yeah, exactly. Him, Joe. I think it, I, I can't explain it. Was, it was when he posted the picture, but what I slightly annoyed me, I don't know if anyone else feels the same way about stuff like this maybe it's just me being overly sensitive but when I got back and I read the news on it was just showing replay after replay but not just of his crash of like every major crash that's happened in Formula One in like the past three years it was showing like Grosjean's crash the Charles Leclerc crash in Spa it, it was showing like every major crash that's happened that- I feel like particularly in red flag situations when we when we know the driver's okay and then the the clip starts to go over over and over and over again it's just... I feel like it's almost insensitive not only to joe who's probably had the most traumatic crash of his life but also to the other drivers on the grid who are gonna have to get back on that track again i just i don't know maybe they feel differently about it but i personally think it's quite disrespectful it was even the amount of times this weekend alone i saw the crash from um last last year with max and Lewis. that was like, it was ridiculous the amount of times i think it's just a little bit I think it's a little bit insensitive but maybe that's just me I understand where you're coming from there um before we leave the crash conversation I think when you touch on Alex Albon he went head first into a concrete wall along the pit straight um, is that what happened to him yeah he went I actually haven't went seen his crash so, so yeah. he, he was bumped from behind by Seb um setting spinning off into the pit straight wall straight into it it was really bad and I think the most touching thing that we saw from this weekend is two two situations actually is Alex Albon who tells the marshals and the doctors to leave him alone and go, yeah, and go. Help Joe, yeah. despite the impact of the crash that he'd just had and just how bad it was and then obviously yeah. George Russell being the most humane human to ever exist by jumping out of his car when he did not even need to stop there was no reason for him to stop that car yes he'd been hit but oh. the damage was not no, yeah. race critical. He could have got back to the track. Red flag would have fixed it all. But he stopped to go and check that Joe was okay. And then as soon as he was kind of told, that's all you can do here by the marshals, he went and helped out Alex. Have you seen him on the tie barriers? Yeah. Have you seen him sort of the tie like, proper, like, what I don't get is how he ran through that gravel so easily. Off topic, I know, but that gravel is not easy to run through, I can tell you. <laughs> and that man, like, ran through that, like, Usain Bolt, and I was thinking, how did you not go ahead first, like, fall over? Because, mate, because he must have been stressed in that situation. And he's running through gravel. I, I personally had a fire. When I saw George, when I thought it was a fire in his car. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, no, his car's fine. There's not an issue. But, yeah. Harvey, what are your thoughts on George's potential heroics yeah well i think you know to say it's almost sacrificial because like he 
he didn't, he wasn't allowed to restart the race. You know, realistically, if he just kind of nursed himself back to the pits, he would have started the race again from P18. Mm. Um, but you know, um, I saw a tweet from Callum Eilat. I think it might have either been today or yesterday. Yeah. Uh, talking about when Callum when Callum first um, flipped his cart and George um, and George just completely stopped and flipped it back over for him. Um, so it does just show what a uh, kind of character that George is. Um, obviously, we we you know horrible incidents on the first uh, on the first lap, and this is kind of like you know last year, whereas the incident sort of happened you know halfway through the lap. This was kind of from the off. Um, you know, we we hadn't seen anyone push each other yet. This is kind of instant, so I think that's why the kind of shock came for me, um, and especially because you kind of just see this car sliding at the back, and you've got absolutely no clue. And you know, you see all four wheels, but they're a bit higher than they should be. So a bit, you know, I think as well, obviously it's respectful not to play the crash until they know they're okay. That's fair enough. I, I completely get that. But it's almost a bit of it's it's worrying as fans just to just to not quite know what's going on. Yeah. But I guess that's sort of something that you have to sort of let go because you know, if we're talking yeah. ethics. Um, going on from that a lot of people are calling these crashes it's it comes across an insensitive way but that's not the way it's meant to come across at all but obviously we had protesters on track and should this have been them coming on and it not have been red flagged should this have been still full race conditions then it would have been a completely different story. I don't think we would have been speaking with smiles on our face in this podcast at all. Um, yeah. And so some people are actually calling these crashes a blessing in disguise, so to say, because obviously, like I just said, had there not been that red flag situation, would those people have been pulled off of the track in a different way? I genuinely believe every single thing in the world happens for a reason. That's just one of the things I believe. And as much as the crashes were horrific, both of them are fine. They're both ready to race next weekend and there's no injuries at all. But I don't want to say it's good that it happened because it's not, it's not good. Yeah, it's wrong but to say blessing in disguise. It's like, I don't, I don't have to phrase it without it being Everything offensive. does happen for a reason and it's sort of like the butterfly effect that if that didn't happen, then the race probably would have ended very differently with seven people possibly ran over by Formula One cars going god knows how fast i don't i can't actually figure out whereabouts on the track they were but maybe that's just me being a bit stupid um i'm with you on this don't worry i'm stupid too they said it was the thing that you just said it was near the hangar straight and i was sort of sat there and i could see all the corners nearby and i thought it's not mm. maybe it's like round the corner but yeah and i do believe that they wouldn't have been here because you know you're not watching people on track you're only driving on the motorway sometimes you have a little glance around to make sure there's no one on there because there could be yeah. F1 drivers out glancing around for people sat down on the track. So I feel like it would have ended very differently. So I, I do believe that it was like the butterfly effect. And that's a nice way to put it, the butterfly effect. And and another nice thing about it as well, about the protesters being on the track at a red flag situation is that their whole agenda, their whole ideas that they wanted to kind of protest the track, storm the track during the race, get their point across. It completely, it, was about. it completely missed the mark. Because yeah they weren't shown at all they didn't get any attention at all well, only a little bit of a mention about the protesters that's all we got that's from sky sports i don't know if other people spoke well, about it but that's what i thought we got. 
this morning on the news they had like one of the pro people who was like yeah we should have done it and I was like on the news on like good morning britain and they were all about they're like yeah we should have stormed the track and just oil oil thinking what you're about oil like you know everyone's one of the most trying to be the most ethically sustainable thing but you, you do you and we talked about that more when we talked about the crash and I thought I, I do actually want you to touch on how, how safe f1 is now like, let's not talk about the people let's not give them the attention they want Exactly. It's literally giving them exactly what they want. And I'm all for protesting your opinion, but there's but, a thing called peaceful protesting and there's this thing called not putting yourself in harm's way and putting other people in harm's way. By then being on track, they weren't just risking their own lives by doing that. It was the marshals who were going to have to come on the track to try and get rid of them. It's the drivers in the their drivers. car. Yeah, because imagine a driver hits them. Let's be honest. Like you pitch that. Unfortunately, the driver hits them. That driver's gone for life not because they've hit someone on the track and not lost the racing license but never be able to step in a racing car again no and so, i just think so yeah. so un, un, great, un, un something un, yeah it's an unword but i don't know what word it is <laughs> oh god i do love you lily um let's move on though because i don't think they deserve that much attention we've already given no. them more than what they deserve, they deserve. um Talking about the restart, a full lap hadn't been completed under the red before the red flag came out. So it went back to the original starting grid, meaning Carlos Sainz got his second chance at holding that got his second pole position. Yeah, he got his second pole all in the same weekend. Um I absolutely loved the restart because we had both Ferraris and both Red Bulls battling each other. Harvey, you're not the biggest Red Bull fan, so I'm gonna come to you first. What did you make of the racing? Was it fair? Was it a bit too dirty? From um, parties, that is. Realistically, I don't think there was um, too much to flag up. I think again, current. I think you know the current landscape of Formula One. Um, if you think about the two title challenges uh, in Charlotte Max, um, I'd say Perez in there, but you know if it's going to be any Red Bull, it'll probably be Max. You know they're so respectful of each other. They would, you know, they'd never step a foot wrong. Um, and I think you know. Uh, for the most part, it was, you know, it was it was good hard racing. You know, we saw that on the restart. Uh, Carlos came over to cover off Max. Um, left him a, just a bit of space, but, I mean, you know, no one was harmed. Um, only thing I could really think of was Charles up the inside of Perez, damaged his front wing. Um, that was probably just a stupid move um, by him. Um, so I think at the end of the day... Um, I think we got some good hard racing and nothing, you know, too controversial to say the least. Anyway, um, so again, it was a, it was a, it was an incredible race. You know, you had five cars fighting for a podium in the last um, in the last few laps. Um, you know, and no one would set a foot wrong. That was just five cars racing against each other, um, trying to get two podium positions. Um, and honestly, I I loved every second of it. Now, Lily, I'm going to come to you on this one. This is a different point to what we've just spoken about with Harvey. But at the end of the race, we had, well, before the end of the race, before the checkered flag, we had a last minute battle with Mick Schumacher and Max Verstappen for that P7 position. Now, a lot of people online are saying that Max was racing Mick Schumacher too hard and wasn't giving him the space. What do you make of that situation? I am slightly 50 50. Mm -hmm. I love a bit of dirty racing. I do think, you know, Mick got his got his points. No, like Carl like said, no, like on his point, no one was damaged, no car, like nothing went wrong. And not to be horrible, this isn't me like 
the race in the Haas. But realistically, Max's race isn't with a Haas. With damage, it probably is, but it isn't Max's race. Uh, Max's race is not with a Haas. So for him to be in that position, he's going to give it everything to not be with that Haas. No one was off track. Well, obviously, like Mick, but no one sort of broke anything. No one didn't finish the race. No one went into each other. And I think that, that's where it should go off. Mm-hmm. Sort of how, how the end result is. And the end result was perfect for Mick. Not perfect for Max, but for different reasons. And I personally don't see an issue because he was taking the racing line and he was slightly ahead. Yeah. Maybe that's just slightly biased. It could be slightly biased in me, but I think if you're on the racing line, you've got millimetre ahead, that's fine. Um, I do love a bit of dirty racing. This weekend was full of dirty racing. So I just, I, I didn't think any of the racing was wrong. I don't think five cars going for like the podium, all that racing was going on. I don't think any of that was wrong. Mm-hmm. And I'm so glad the race directors didn't step in for any of that. I start handing out five second penalties here and there because that was what made the race so good. It's just the pure racing. And that's what we watch it for. Yeah, definitely. We, you know, we don't watch it to see people get a five second penalty for having a fight with someone. So yeah, I do think it was, I think it was all fair. Okay. Now we have to touch on why Mick, why Max Stappen was battling with Mick Schumacher. And this yeah. is because Max went over some debris earlier on in the race. He thought he had a puncture. Was not the case despite he actually despite him actually pitting to change his tyres. It was not a puncture in the end. It was actually floor damage. So he had a loss of downforce there. He dropped back quite significantly, which obviously wasn't helped with that pit stop. It wasn't race critical, which meant he did manage to finish the race and get some points. And what was quite interesting about his finish, something I really picked up on, is the way Max Verstappen dealt with the cards. He was dealt, I've just said dealt far too many times. Um, But Max Verstappen is this character who's usually so frustrated when things don't go his way. And obviously we did hear him a few times over the radio being frustrated with what was going on, thinking it was race critical, that he was really damaged and was going to have to pit and not come back out again. But after the race, Max really accepted what had happened. He was happy with the fact he managed to finish a race. He was feeling very positive and he came across very positively with the way he had finished. And I thought it was just absolutely incredible to see. I feel like it's an incredible character development and a different side of Max that we haven't possibly seen in a while. And I really appreciated seeing him happy with the fact he managed to do good despite having a bad race. It was just damage control for him, damage limitations, damage control, whatever the saying is. But I think it could have been a lot better, but all in all was a pretty decent race considering, considering the damage. Now, question to both of you. Harvey, you did touch on this, the battle near the end with Perez, Hamilton and Claire, and then Alonso and Norris were pretty close to it. Do you guys think, had this battle not have happened at the safety car restart, do you think Sainz would have still been able to win the race? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah? You both think, yeah? Mm. Yeah. That is very interesting, because I was thinking... If Leclerc hadn't have had the battle with Lewis, Lewis would have got straight past Leclerc and then would have had signs right there. And I think he would have got him, personally. I would have liked to have seen that, but I'm glad glad it didn't happen. Does anyone know where Perez came from either? Because I was watching it and all of a sudden it's a safety car restart and all of a sudden Perez was there. Uh, Perez, Uh, where did he come from? All of a sudden he was just there. He back to the 17th at one point. I think... um... If I'm not mistaken, that was the front wing damage that he sustained with. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's changed the front wing there and then. Um, it, it's an incredible. Yeah, he had an incredible drive. Did he get drive of the day? Yeah. Yeah, he did. Well, then, fair enough. Well deserved. Um, you know, again, Checo is 
he's an incredible driver, but also he drives through the pack. He knows how to pick off a car one by one by one. We've seen this yeah. many different times from him. He is absolutely incredible when when in sticky situations. And I think, <laughs> well, that's what got him into some other situations there. Whoa! <laughs> moving on swiftly, moving on swiftly. I think we can we can end the podcast here more or less. I think we can do a quick sum up of what happened. Mick Schumacher points. Can we just Mick please Schumacher get that points? Out? Mick Schumacher points. Just Mick get Schumacher out. points. Sebastian Vettel points on his birthday, plus a beautifully designed helmet by his children as a birthday surprise, which literally made me tear up when no. I saw and it. Drove, did you see him? So we drove the Nigel Mansell car as well. That was probably the best thing of a witness. Oh. And he hooked Nigel Mansell. His eyes. Like, I couldn't. So cross. I, I could not deal. And then Nigel Mansell as well. He's off topic, but Nigel Mansell bowing down to Lewis Hamilton. Nigel Mansell with the tash, tash's back. And he was bowing down to Lewis Hamilton. As, as we all should. Sir Lewis Hamilton deserves that. Like, that is what we want to see. Okay? That's what we want to see old from world champions. <laughs> we want to see old world champions respecting Sir Lewis Hamilton. Thank you. You know, he's got, he, the main straight is named after him. Mm-hmm. It was quite cool being sat on the Hamilton straight. I'm on the Hamilton straight. That, well, that's like the third time that. Alex Albon's been hit by Hamilton then. <laughs> oh, that's funny. And anyway, moving on quickly, yeah. quickly, quickly, just summing this race up. Obviously, it was the British Grand Prix. So let's just have a quick look at British driver performance. Hamilton, yeah. P3, leading the Brits. Lando in a lovely, comfortable P6. And then George Russell obviously didn't finish, finish well, the race, but really being a heroic, humane human being. So, so I think we're all pretty happy with that. Me. Yeah, I think it's yeah. a successful British Grand Prix for the British uh, for the British boys. Definitely, and and then obviously Alex Albon is a Brit at heart. I should say, you know, he, yeah. he did end up in hospital, but he's all good now, and the and the pets are all good. He's told us the pets are fine. The pets are all okay. <laughs> he's told us the pets are okay. That's the most important part. I was like, how are the pets, Alex? So that is it for the British Grand Prix, and this week we are off to the Austrian Grand Prix oh, for the Red Bull Ring. My favourite Grand Prix of the season. Beautiful grass, short laps meaning tight qualifying, and just a great track. I love Austria. Let's go. Let's go. Woo-hoo.